What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Comixly Podcast, the official podcast of Comixly.com. My name is Joseph, and this is episode number 15. On the program today, we are going to be talking about the 2020 video game Kentucky Route Zero. Even that is not entirely true, right? So Kentucky Route Zero is a game in five parts or five acts. The first act came out in... 2013 i think and the final act came out in early 2020 so finished up last year and we got to it a couple weeks ago we were actually able to play it together kind of interesting right uh one of the things that we actually talk about in this episode is what does it mean to to play this game right and how does that line up or is it different or is different to other uh types of games that we've we've played before we've played a few games and talked about them on this podcast right what does it mean to play this game it's actually really interesting question and something we get into we also spend a fair bit of time talking about how kentucky route zero is not something you traditionally see in a lot of games coming out today right indie or triple a right bigger games or smaller games right it's specificity and the way that you interact with it and what it's talking about and how it presents all of it ideas is is really unique in the in the game space i think we both had different reactions to it i mean we definitely both had different reactions to it but we we both appreciated very much that it exists that it's something we got to experience because it is it is a special game and, it, and it's doing something quite special and so we try to dig in and unpack all of that you'll hear that and yeah you'll hear that and, and a lot more in our conversation today we hope you enjoy the episode we'll get into kentucky route zero on the other side of this short break I don't know. How do you usually start? <laughs> How do we usually start? I don't. I don't I actually listen. Did you have a haiku? Oh, um, I. You're kind of putting me on the spot here. Um, 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 mm, Kentucky Route Zero. Wait, no, yeah, Kentucky Route Zero. No, this game. This game that we played is very good but i think i might be dumb yeah is that it yeah that's it <laughs> well that's a pretty good place to start why why do i think little, i'm dumb let, well no let's be a little bit more critical because you're not dumb but why you didn't you didn't like this game it did not hook for you me. did not did not speak Peaked to your me. your interest, did not speak to you. Why do you think that is? Um, as somebody who isn't really a gamer in the first place, if I'm going to play a game, I, I need to be entertained and, like, <laughs> beyond, like, pointing and clicking and reading a whole lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm more like an overcooked kind of gamer, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas this game, it was, it did feel like a choose-your-own-adventure book. Okay, so it's just not, this game was not the thing that you come to games for. Yeah. Okay, I think that's really fair. And that's something, I know we're kind of starting in the middle of it. I think that's okay, because this is going to be... <laughs> I'm it's going to be that kind of convers- podcast. <laughs> Well, this is going to be that kind of podcast. I'm worried it's going to be either like really short, which is which is fine, or it's going to be too long because I'm going to start rambling. So if I do, please cut me off. Okay. Because you know when that's happening. <laughs> I think, though, something that even I 
I, I, I like, I listen to game podcasts. I read video game websites. So, I'm, you know, I knew this was a game, right? So Kentucky Route Zero is a game in five acts. And the fifth act came out in early, like March of 2020, maybe even earlier than March. It might have been January or February, but early of 20, early March, 2020. So we're, you know, we're playing it about a year. We're getting to it. I'm getting to it about a year later. I knew it had this reputation as sort of dealing with issues that games don't deal with. Right. And dealing with them yeah, in a sort not, of yeah. depth. I'm saying you're not you're not gonna walk away from playing Super Smash Bros. with some greater understanding of the world. <laughs> no, no, right? Yeah. So and like yeah, so dealing with them at a, a in a sort of depth that games don't really do, right? But even I, right? Like so going into being excited by that, even I you know, I think that first act is 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 fun. I, I was like figuring out what this is you know act two is interesting right i think there's some like funny stuff in act two act two is interesting but acts three and four which start acts one and two relatively short acts three and four getting a lot longer what you're what you're like what you are physically sitting in front of the tv or sitting in front of your computer or sitting on the couch holding your switch doing is I think for, for me also, right, that's not the thing I go to, right? Because the thing that you're doing is people are having conversation, right? You're, you're reading a lot of text, right? There's no voice dialogue in this game. There's a, Sometimes you'll hear people singing. That's the only time you'll hear people's voices. The singing mm-hmm. is actually really, really beautiful. I think we'll, we'll talk about one of those moments in, in, in a, at some point during this conversation. I think that's probably my like top two or three favorite moments in the game but you're so it's all text-based it's very simple large polygonal graphics right you you understand you know it's very good at communicating what the different objects on the screen are supposed to be as far as people or animals or buildings or vehicles or things like that but you're moving your little character inside in through in a diorama right you're moving from one one diorama to the next you're moving your character around in that diorama and if there's another character there you will have a conversation with them and it all plays out through text and at some point in that conversation you might pick a you'll have a choice right the text will sort of scroll down and then you'll have a choice of a couple different ways that you can respond to whatever the previous character has said right but it all and there's no indication about the effect that your choices have, right? Which I think is part of, like, play, which I think plays into the themes of the game. But it ends up feeling, like you said, much more like a book. And specifically, a choose-your-own-adventure book. And so something that, that we spent a lot of time talking about just when we, when we were playing the game together is... You know, and like I don't, I don't want to linger on this conversation too long because I think one because I don't know enough about it <laughs> as far as, but I also think it's sort of, uh, I think it detracts from what this is, right? Whether you want to, right? But we were talking a lot about like, well, is this a game, right? If you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're seeing these visuals on the screen, you're hearing the music. 
but the thing that you're doing is like reading and then picking a response to what you've read, right? And that's kind of what you do in like a choose your own adventure book, right? And if you want to call this a game, that's fine. You know, I think it's more, I think it's much like, I think it's a more literary thing. Well, that's not actually fair, right? Because the visuals are like really beautiful. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like even right, even right now, we're like really struggling how to like. It's like a really, really pretty picture book. Nope. That (laughs) detracts from it. Never mind. Yeah. Right. So like, I don't, I think just even us like struggling with how to describe this right is kind of gets at like this thing defies description right because it's really expansive in what it's trying to do it you know it's both expansive in what it's trying to do in the fact that like games don't normally deal this stuff but it deals with that like really large thing you know which is like capitalism which is like community which is um, how people who live on the margins of society are forgotten by governments and corporations. It deals with all of that in a very, very specific way, right? Whether you want to call it a game, that's fine. To me, it felt like reading a book, like, right? Because we sat down one, one day together and played it for about five hours and... Mm-hmm. I was, I was tired, you know, I don't know if you ever get this, but I was not tired, but you're like in the way where like, you don't want to read anything for a while, right? Because you've read for a while and you don't want to read anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually watched yeah. a movie later that <laughs> <Yeah>. night. <laughs> that was, we watched, we watched a Studio Ghibli movie. We watched Howl's Moving Castle, right? And we watched the English language version because we didn't want to read subtitles anymore because we felt like we'd read for five hours, right? So like, uh-huh. whether you want to call this a game whether you want to call this some sort of like visual novel, right? I think that's probably the better way to describe it, a visual novel. Whether you want to call it like a play, you know, because it, it, it's a thing that, right, there are black screens that come up when you move from one diorama to the next that like act one, scene six, right? Like those transitions come up whenever your diorama moves, right? Very much like a, a play would. Whatever you want to like call it, that it's fine. It doesn't, I don't, you know, I don't think that really particularly matters, right? But it is a piece of art, right? And I think even our conversation, right, is like games are, and I don't know how much you're aware of this, Ange, um, like if you've sort of, how much you've waded into like this discourse as far as like reading about games, but like, right, there is this thing about like games being concerned with being considered a piece of art instead of just like taking that for granted the way that like painting or music or movies right like no one's like oh music isn't art right like everyone just takes that for granted but games have this sort of thing where like they're sort of vying for that same consideration right and so i think Mm -hmm. having that discussion about kentucky route zero takes away from it because like it just is a piece of art like this thing could be in a museum right i would one thing i was thinking of and I i would like your opinion like if you so you actually weren't playing, right? You you were not the one holding the controller most of the time, right? I was, I was watching you play and occasionally falling asleep. Yeah. I, <laughs> to be well, honest. Just a few times, right? Just uh, for a, a little times. bit. But, like, do you think you're... I was I was wondering this, right? I was the one, like, holding the controller. We were talking about this, this decisions, right? But I was wondering, do you think the experience of watching what unfolded 
and reading it, right, interacting with it, would it be hugely different if you were if if you were the one holding the controller? Or do you think this is a thing where you could watch someone else play it and get a really similar experience, right? Do you think there's do you know do you understand what I'm saying? Like, do you think it matters like if you're actually making those decisions, right? I or... think it probably does. Okay. Why do you think Because like it even does? like sometimes I'd be like, I would want to make a different choice than what you wanted to make, right? Okay. And also I feel like um I don't know. I just I I think with that specific one, just because there are so many choices involved mm-hmm. and like I could tell that you seem you you cared more about what happened to the characters than I did. <laughs> that might just because I am ignorant and I don't, I didn't, no. it didn't hit with me or maybe it was because you were like the one like controlling them, mm. you know? Okay. So I get what you're, you're, you're talking about. You're, so you're saying as far as like, if you're sitting there holding the controller and making the decisions, you're somehow your buy-in is a little bit greater with what's mm-hmm. go, what's happened. Okay. Okay. I agree with that. But right. Also, th- yeah, because like it was like a very like it was very pretty. Mm-hmm. So I could kind of see if it was like I guess I don't know. I guess I could go either way. It maybe depends. Mm-hmm. Like maybe somebody who who liked it more than I did would be perfectly fine just watching it play out. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I no, I think you're right though. I think there is something as far as my read on the characters and what's interesting, right? And we, and we should get to some specifics in a second, right? As the game goes on, you sort of accumulate a crew of characters. And there's and and for most scenes, you have at least two or three of them in that scene, right? And so as the conversation is going, your crew of people they're standing around talking to someone else. That other person's text is coming up on the screen. And then usually for each of the responses that you can pick, you'll get one response from each character, right? So in those conversation choices, you're picking who gets to talk and what do they get to say, right? And so you're very much steering the tone of the conversation and the like involvement of the conversation right because you're because there were moments where i was like well this character as far as how i feel about them they wouldn't be involved here right this would be some this like someone else would be really involved in this conversation so i'm gonna even if i don't love what they what my like option for them what to say is they're like i want them to speak because i think this is something that they really care about so Mm -hmm. it adds this like other layer on that normal on the sort of normal on those games where you get to pick what your character is saying right as far as you get to pick who's involved as well as what they're saying um one thing just to just before i promise we'll get to specific in a second (laughs) one thing is just i think the other thing that makes it very makes the um compare like uh, makes me think of literature when i'm thinking of this game and maybe you know literature might not even be it but it actually made me think a lot about poetry right because i don't know if you felt this way but some of the just the the way the words were just some of the lines right some of or or some of the short pieces of dialogue the way they were written it was really it wasn't it didn't feel like prose it felt a lot more like poetry right because it, it always felt like a conversation, but the characters would say extremely beautiful and poignant things. And it's like they are 
mixing prose and poetry here in a really beautiful way. And I appreciate that I'm getting to read it, filter it sort of from the screen immediately to me and and not through like someone else's voice. If we were hearing someone else's dialogue, then like the way that it's delivered would affect the way that I'm responding to it, right? But if it's just text on a screen, then like I get to interpret it, right? I get to feel like it's really poetic as opposed to someone like maybe delivering it in a way that like, I don't think they delivered that really correctly, right? I always got to interpret how it was delivered and I really appreciated that. I feel like that kind of goes back to what we were saying about how it kind of being like a book, you know, where Mm -hmm. it's like, it's very thoughtful. Yes. We should probably get to it what it's about. Uh, Right, so we start (laughs) It starts off, I don't know, we're about like 15 or 20 minutes in. We're finally getting to what it's about. But you start off, right? And you're a delivery man, right? You're this guy and he has a dog. His name is Conway. And you get to pick the dog's name, which I appreciate. We named our dog Blue. Yes. And he's delivering antiques. And he doesn't quite, he has an address for where he's supposed to go. He doesn't, but he's never heard of that road before, right? He's looking for five Dogwood Drive and he's he's never heard of Dogwood before, right? And so you stop off at this gas station, right? The first scene is at this gas station. You're talking to this old, uh, I guess I don't know if he's old, but he, you're talking, talking to this guy, right? He's outside a gas station. I guess I just get the sense that he's been there for a while, but um, he tells you that you can go look on his computer to to find to figure out where dogwood is right go use the computer and you have to before you do that you have to turn the electricity on because the power company has turned his electricity off and you go into the basement and you encounter these three group this group of people playing a dice game and i think it's done i think it's intended to be dungeons and dragons right but yeah because it was the 20-sided die it was yeah it was a 20-sided die and you they sort of so don't seem to hear you and you walk away from them for a second to go switch the breaker and you come back and they're gone, right? They like they were never there and you turn the breaker on and you look on the computer and you go back up and the you know, the guy's like, There's there's never been an nope, yeah. no one's down there. Like, what are you talking about? Right. And so suddenly everything that is sort of not everything, but a lot of what the game is about is is and what the game is gonna do is really in that first diorama, right? So it's this, there, you know, it's this sort of unsettling thing where you're not always quite sure what is real and what isn't real. And what's real is rarely probably what you expect, right? So I've heard, I was reading some reviews, right? And a lot of people were talking about magical realism, right? Where it's, you know, very much the trappings of our world. There's this element of magic to, to the things that go on there. You're also introduced to the power company who is this, you know, as you learn talking to more and more characters, right? They are, they have sort of taken over everything, right? They've taken over the phone company. They are the thing that gives people mortgage. They've taken over this huge distillery. They've sort of just gobbled up all of the space in this area, right? It's set in this, it doesn't say where, it's called Kentucky Route Zero, so we assume it's it's set somewhere in Kentucky, but the, the power company has taken all of the space, right? And you're, this guy, forget what, he's on the, like, rolling rolling brownout plus plan or something right and, and meaning that the company is telling him even though you're paying us we are going to cut your power off on a regular basis like, like we are not here to take care of you and ensure that you have the utility that you need and that you're paying us for right and so 
you're constantly going to be running and, and right you're constantly over the course of the game running these characters left behind but i think it's called consolidated energy or consolidated power or something right these yeah. characters left behind and sort of pushed to the edges and pushed to their own limits by this company right and sort of what do they do and how do they rebuild or try to rebuild from that right and it's it yeah so it, it you know i think the game's really beautiful in the way that it very much shows you what it's all about in that first thing but like it you could never at least i could right you know we'll, we'll get to act five i could never imagine how it was going to end up and just how much beauty you would find it, it, throughout this whole thing um i don't know and what did did you have any thoughts like about what this thing was going to be after after seeing that opening opening part? Um, I thought maybe like something kind of similar to Oxen Free, where like it was maybe like a little bit supernatural, um, just like like weird unsettling vibes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I feel like I feel like in a way it was, but it was also like a lot more than that. Yeah, I think that's totally a fair comparison right oxenfree's voice acted right we, we talked about which would have been it. really nice <laughs> <laughs> it would have been nice right i don't know well so do you agree with the thing i said about like reading it like it, it would have been nice to hear it just because you wouldn't have to read so much but do you agree with that thing about like when you're reading it you're you get to interpret how you think it would deliver it versus like thinking about oh how is what are they saying and how that's delivered do you agree with that or yeah i'm just lazy and i just <laughs> fell asleep while reading it <laughs> okay okay all right fair um all right so yeah i, I think the comparison to oxen free in terms of like that sort of unsettling sort of vibes is is fair right but it, you know yeah i in in terms of its themes and what it how specific it is, I think I think Kentucky Zero goes goes beyond it a bit. Um, I don't know. There's a million ways we could go in this conversation. I don't want it to get too unwieldy, so I kind of just want it. To, I don't know. Did you have any like? I I guess I think the thing that I would like to do is just talk about favorite moments and then like roll that into a discussion of themes. So yeah, we could do that. What are what were I know you only saw me play through part three. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you looked at what part four, part four and five look look like, but do you have anything that stood out to you, like visually, anything that you read, any of the text, any of the dialogue, any of the scenes that you were just like, oh, this, you know, even if this isn't my game, I really appreciate what it's doing right here. The, the part where with the song, mm-hmm. that's like the first thing that popped into my mind. I mean, one, it was like, I like the song. Yeah. Um... I just, I liked how it sounded. Yeah. And I don't know, I think it was like also a nice break. Not like a break, but like, maybe it was like a break. Like a little, like a nice little treat, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, we just kind of got to like sit back and just like enjoy the vibes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, absolutely. I forget if that is in, I think that's... Act three. I, yeah, I was going to say, I think it's early act three, right? The characters yes. are, they go into this bar, right? They're supposed to play a gig in the bar and no one is there. So they just play for their friends. And it's this beautiful, beautiful song, right? It's a lot of like synth and you get to pick what some of the lyrics are. 
and the background of what you're looking at fades away and it sort of floats into outer space as, as these characters perform. And it's, it, I think you're right, right? In that moment, it's a beautiful reprieve, not just from sort of reading a, reading of a text and sort of have, processing everything, but is this moment of true beauty and I think magic coming after something that's really cool to, to see, but is, is really, it makes you feel horrible, right? Because that comes right after after that play do you remember the play where you're i fell asleep during that play <laughs> okay so there's um <laughs> i remember it wasn't it wasn't very happy it wasn't a happy play though no, i was right. like drifting in and out <laughs> yeah so it's this play you don't know it's a play initially right but you're watching you it, it, it starts out where you're supposedly just sitting in a bar and you're watching the people at the bar talk to the bartender, right? And then sort of as it goes on, you kind of, you got to get the, you get these prompts to sort of look around and you understand that there's an audience sitting in a theater behind you and you're, you're, yeah, you're watching a play and the people at the bar and the bartender and everyone in, and everyone there is, yeah, they're performing. These are the regulars at the local bar. One of them has this huge tab and the bartender sort of giving them a heart time and she's way behind on her payments and the bartender is way behind on his payments right and he's had to make this horrible deal with the local distillery who you know you you haven't quite figured out what's going on with them you do figure out what's going on with them in act three but you haven't quite at this point and he's had to make this horrible deal with them right and but they their reputation is that they they put people into and they put people into debt and keep them there and so he's not quite sure what's going to happen this other woman is there and she's trying to sort of talk him out and say no I'll, I'll take care of her tab for the evening right and then her parents show up and she has this sort of right her parents actually have run up a huge tab right and they're there you know initially it's like oh they're celebrating a promotion but then as they just sort of start to ramble in the way that you know people who have just kind of sitting around drinking too much might they they start to ramble and like wait well she has hasn't actually been promoted but they seem to come to this bar often in hoping right there's always they're always talking to the manager hoping that you're gonna because he's always saying oh you know when a couple things shift around you'll get promoted and and you know then you'll come in like you'll get a pay raise and everything right and it, it reminded me a little bit of in that moment um did you have to read of mice and men in high school nope I luckily no. i looked out of that teacher <laughs> oh, we you, read joy I luck think club did, instead right? so in mice and men <laughs> they're always talking they're gonna get like a farm and one of the characters is obsessed with rabbits and they're going to get a farm with rabbits. And that's kind of, it's this very, it's this sort of faded dream where they have to keep telling each other it because they don't have anything else to hold on to, but you know it's never going to happen, right? And like that book ends very tragically, right? And you don't know what ends up with these characters, but you kind of understand here like that this person's never getting a promotion, right? And they're with the way that her daughter is sort of struggling with, she's at this, um, she's working for like i don't know if it's quite a, a loan shark or if it's a mortgage broker but there's some sort of lending service right but it there it's definitely like payday short-term predatory lending right really short-term loans with huge interest rates so that you're sort of taking advantage of very vulnerable people right and her bosses spe uh, specifically he invented a new loan that leverage right where people are putting up their houses and their possessions as collateral and she is the only black person in 
the office and her boss specifically assigned that to her with the implication that like she is going to go right she as a black person can go sell that to other black people and take advantage people who might be in really hard situations right so it's this like extremely depressive scene right not but like you it's real right and it, it, it's not it, you know it's not sarcastic it's not played for laughs in any way but it's this extremely depressive scene right but like every one of those characters is like I you either know someone who's in that situation or you understand you know that even if you don't specifically know the person like that person exists right like all of these things are real you and, and you know you're just sort of seeing or hearing people talk about the machinations of like the way that systems of capital are used to oppress them right and they don't and this bar is where they come to sort of uh have a reprieve from that right they come to have a drink and talk to their friends and but it, it doesn't make it go away or better and it's still impressive and very sad to listen to and so you have that scene and then like you know cut to the people you're like the group that you're traveling with they walk into that same bar after those people have left and they play this extremely sad song right it's extremely sad but it's beautiful song that just kind of drifts away into space and so um yeah you're absolutely right in the way that it's like a respite from like what's been going on and i think that's probably i think that's like i think act five is probably as a whole like my favorite thing i did in the game but i think that part is probably like number two um that's the that is a moment that i'm gonna remember about playing this game i was i was looking for that song did you find it yeah it's you can find it it's pretty easy um there's like there's like a release version that i think the lyrics are a bit different but that's just because we chose them yeah i also liked i don't know i, I kind i thought it was cool how like in the zero there was just like random things like the place that like the landmarks were just like random names mm-hmm. or like when they were in the mines they're like between like the rowboat and the birdcage or something mm-hmm. i didn't understand exactly maybe what was going on well so but, like, i think it also kind of for me it made like the environment it seemed more like weird or like it helped like set the tone for me i guess more to mm-hmm. like it's like because it was like they were naming it like like just like random everyday things but like in a way that like i didn't really understand mm. do you have any thoughts about like what that might mean as or like what it might be about i have a I'm, couple ideas but i'm not sh- i don't think i don't know if there's a way to be right about it yeah i, don't I think guess there is. if i were to think about it i would say like maybe it's just like a way to like show that like the same reason why it's called Kentucky Route Zero is that like there's this familiar like thing like Kentucky right but they're in this like weird like underground unknown place mm-hmm. you know so sort of mm-hmm. like I don't know not like a par- like I don't know a comparison of guess of like it's like normal things but then making it like weird or abstract yeah that thing where like you have the nor- like w- the th- where normal things are made weird just by placing them in this sort of odd situation is that or yeah, no yeah 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 okay yeah I don't have you you have you ever watched Twin Peaks no no okay i've i've seen like the first couple episodes i don't it's like i found it a little bit scary i know like <laughs> people who are big to and feet to like and it's not a scary show it's you know what the x-files is mm, that's, is that the is that the one where there's like there's like the old dude and then the girl and then the boy and that's not super never mind okay well it's like wait yeah yeah no um oh i know it now i can't think of it it's like dad and you and john were super into it and there's like this old guy and there's this girl who i think she was blonde i watched one episode yes yes, not for me that's what it's called fringe no i'm talking i'm thinking about fringe no okay so very similar thing (laughs) the fringe and the x-files are doing a very similar thing 
Okay. Um, but it's right. They're sort of set in our world, right? But they have this sort of like every, right. There are these things which are like different, right, or unexplainable about them, right? And that, I think that's where the magical realism comes in. Um, for me, like for me, uh, so Twin Peaks was a murder mystery, and there's I think the first episode ends with like a girl screaming, and I just found it like scary is not the right word, maybe just like a little bit too unsettling. I know people love it. I should go back to it, right? But it it's sort it's a show, right? And I think maybe the X Files doesn't do this so much, right? But I think maybe maybe Fringe does a little bit, right? But it's a show where like it does place those normal things in like weird or unsettling situations, right? But that's not necessarily the point of it, right? And I think that like with Kentucky Rosier, right, it's it's sort of creating this mood, right? But it's talking about something else using these like themes, right? Using this mood, it's it's talking about something else. And so I, I like, right, it, it, which I think we we're getting with the name, right? It's like Kentucky, it's this place that we know, but there is this something else happening here, right? Something else happening here in terms of the in terms of the unsettling or magical realism or I don't know if you want to call it like paranormal or whatever but there's something else happening here but then there's also something else happening here in terms of like what's going on to the characters that's like unsettling right in terms of what they're dealing with the thing that I thought about right so when you're on the zero right which is this like underground highway it's this underground highway that you're trying to get to right because you have to get on the zero to get to dogwood uh to get to your final destination where you're going to deliver the antiques and all of the waypoints your aunt Andrew was saying is are these like it's like a bicycle tire i don't remember exactly like a bicycle tire a hot air balloon right like <laughs> just sort of a random collection of things right but like they're all things right they're all like practical things that you can use and touch and everything and the, and that it, I, this might be a, a long a, a long bow to draw but the connection that i made is day and i think i mentioned this to you Ange, is i went to see a documentary with our oldest brother called Line Fork, which is a, it's more of an, it's not really a documentary, it's an anthropological film where a camera, you know, and people filming a camera, right, but these people just, some a camera and a camera person are just in a house or in, uh, out or outside, but they are just filming these people's lives, right? They're not, the people do not talk to camera, they're not interacting with the camera, the camera is just there and the people's lives are going about their lives. And I fell about through, I fell asleep about halfway through this movie. <laughs> And our older brother got really mad with me for doing that. But it's it's also set in Kentucky. This movie is also set in Kentucky, and right. And the the name of the movie is called Line Fork because that's the small town where the people live, right? But the reason that the town is called Line is called Line Fork is because that's where the railroad forks, right? That is where the rail, right? It it's it's this extremely practical thing, right? Because and something else I've been thinking about a little bit is about, and I know Kentucky's not entirely in the Midwest, but I read this essay called on being midwestern right about how it's really we all you know we in like culture right you know the fargo brothers right they call it like minnesota nice right and they have this sort of midwestern trapping right but it's really hard to actually describe what it means to be from the midwest right and something that i was thinking was like i wonder if there's a certain practicalness right there's a certain and again even even as i'm saying this this sort of goes against the thesis of the essay which is like whenever you describe what it's like to be from the midwest you fall back 
back on sort of euphemisms and useless metaphors, right? But I, I, as someone from Wisconsin, there is a certain practicalness to having to live and be there, right? Because it's cold and sort of there is, and it's cold or it's really hot or there are just these sort of things that you have to deal with, right? And not in a sense that like, oh, you're not going to survive, right? Because like we have houses and like air conditioning and heating and things like that. And, and so that sort of survival, you know, we're not trying to survive necessarily. There are these other like more physical, tangible considerations that you might have to have living in that sort of place and like living in a more temperate climate like California or even like a hot but like more, you know, manageably hot, uh, like, uh, like hot, but like, it's just kind of always hot. So you're, you're used to it in like Florida or like somewhere in the South. Um, so yeah, like seeing, and I think this game is kind of full of people being very, not being very practical, but people like dealing with their situation in a very like practical way. Right. Um, so one of the things is like you deal with there, there's a couple instances where people have their house foreclosed on. So they just like pack up and leave right they were pushed so far right people trying to live people trying to scrape by trying you know you get this story that they're trying to they're trying to make their payments and they're working as hard as they can but like the bank is just pushing and put right and the bank in this case is this company this consolidated power company it's pushing them right so you you pack up and leave right but you know you get this story of how they work and pushed and tried to hold on to something as tough or as as much as they could right until until they couldn't anymore and i don't know if like practical is the right word but it kind of it's stuck in my head a little bit when I was playing this game and I was thinking about that documentary and stuff um so and I, I'll, I'll I can throw some links to that in the show notes um I, I'm thinking I don't know if I told you this I'm thinking about trying to write something for my website about this like because I'm not totally tying it together here but like so spending some more time tune back into the website <laughs> <laughs> tune back into comicsly.com yeah yeah for in maybe like a week or so trying to like tie that together um more you know even just for myself more than like anything else because you know I, I you know I, I think there's something there but i'm not sure but we'll see uh do you have any any other moments that really that really stood out to you that uh is it bad that i don't No, it's not bad. Okay, I don't. (laughs) You don't have any? Okay. Okay. So there's a couple other moments of music in the game, right? And it it often happens as, not as an act is ending, but um, it often happens as the characters are leaving the place, right? And the camera kind of zooms out and you'll just get these people playing music in the background, right? And I think this is maybe what I, this has maybe a little bit to do with like the practicalness thing that I was talking about, right? Is like in a lot of games, you're the most important person in that game whatever that the world of that game is in a lot of them you are the most important person in that game right but i think those moments where the camera zooms out and you're seeing these people make this music right in one oh yeah 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 there's one specifically at the end of in the middle of act two it zooms out and there's these people playing music on the on a porch there's another moment in act four so i don't think you saw it but you're that whole act is on a river and uh you sort of see at one moment a barge so it's in the foreground your characters are in the background but the barge passes you in the foreground and there's people playing music on the barge and it passes very very slowly so you can you hear most of the song (laughs) and right those moments are are communicating that you are not the most important person in this game by any means right first of all you're playing as a couple of people and they're not the most important people right because there are other people in this place living their lives trying to trying to deal with what is happening to the 
to the different communities in this area that they all live in, right? Because like, as you know, like you've said a couple of times, right? The, the story that you're getting over and over again is how this power company has pushed and continually ignored and in no way tried to help or provide for these people, right? You get the story, but you get a couple of different times people losing their houses, right? The You get this story during act one about how the mine right there was a mine that people worked in and in you know but they didn't provide fans or air purification for the miners who worked there right they forced the miners to use their company store tokens to run the fans to keep the air pure right so they couldn't do it all the time because that comp the those tokens came out of their paycheck right so they were having they were forced into a decision do i care about my air the the quality of air that i am having to work in right so like you know am i going to uh run the fans all the time to decrease the chance that i get you know i, I don't I think, I think they call it black lung right where your air get or your lungs get full of the like particular matter of uh coal and dust that gets stirred up when you're work when you're mining right this is a thing that happens to people who work in mines all the time, right? Or do I save those tokens so that I can, you know, my paycheck is as big as possible and I can take that back to my family, um, right? So it's this balance of like need versus survival. And, you know, at some point, the uh, they also have to pay to keep the lights on in the mine, right? That they have to keep pay to run the fans, right? Which costs electricity. They have to pay to keep the lights on. And at one point, the mine floods and they couldn't, they didn't have, I forget how they phrase it if they didn't have like enough tokens or if they like were just resistant to or they were like re uh, reluctant to spend them to run the pumps to stop the mine from flooding but i believe uh like 20 i think i think they say 20 here right a large number of miners died because they the company would not save them right the the company's bottom line was more important than their workers in that moment right and one of the characters that you're playing at her parent died in that mine and you actually you come across a memorial to it in act four that's really extremely sad but like beautiful and is a huge right it's memorial on the like black the text that you get is this is specifically a fuck you to the company right like uh, it says something about i can i can pull up the text right here because I saved it to my phone. I actually saved it to my Switch. <laughs> and your Switch lets you do this really cool thing where it connects to your phone. Your Switch creates a local Wi-Fi network that connects to your phone to like just transfer the pictures. So it actually yeah, is really... Yeah, I If you had a Facebook, you would see that I've used that because one time I was playing Animal Crossing with my friends and we all wore the same thing. So I thought I was being super clever and I posted a picture of us all together saying when you all show up wearing the same thing. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so the thing that you come across in the game is, and I think this this might not be some of the most poetic text in the game, but I actually think it, it's like written really beautifully, right? We claim these helmets in the names of the folks who wore them and we place them here in their memory, but also as a spit in the greedy green eye of that power company who bought up our old mine and traded our brothers and sisters safety for a little more yield, but only yielded 28 good men and women dead when the walls collapsed and the tunnels filled with water. Their lungs were black, but now they're washed clean and full of water too, and swept through hidden tunnels into some awful cave we never will find. And so we guess the water buried them for us. So let this here be the marker for their grave. And it's it, it's this it, right. It, it's one of it's a beautiful and chilling moment of and right in in a game that's full of them that just it, this game never lets you forget what you are talking about and what it is trying to show you right and i think right and you know beyond just like what you're doing right it may, you know if uh, you know you know this what you were doing is not 
for Anne's, right? She doesn't come to this game, right? I think this game is confronting in the sense that it doesn't let you forget that it is about people pushed to the edge and how corporations, company, capitalism, capital does not care about them. Um, and it's hard to look at and deal with in moments like in moments like that. You know, as Angela mentioned before, like th- there's those hard, I don't know, I feel like I'm tearing up. There's those hard gut-wrenching moments, but then there's also those moments of real, real beauty as well. Anything, Do we need to take a moment? I think I'm okay. Anything else you want to you wanna talk about, Ange? Mm. I, I want to talk a little bit about Act 5, but I don't Let's have any... Let's talk about Act 5. <laughs> okay, so Act 5 is... You mentioned this to me before I played it, right? You said it's like, you read that it's like more colorful, right? And, and a lot of the game is in black and white. Act 5 is fully colored. It actually happens during the day, right? Your characters remark on that right at the beginning. Like, oh, I haven't seen the sun in a while. And I was like, <laughs> I thought to myself like, oh, right. It has been dark the whole time, right? Supposedly yeah. this all happened in one night, I think. And then I think Act 5 is the next day. It all happens in the day. You finally get to Dogwood. You finally find Dogwood Drive, right? But you find that it's a small, it you know, it's a, it's a road in a small community of people who the game puts, it's a place that no road, I, oh, the game says, it, I forget what the text is. It's much more beautiful than I'm going to say it, but it's a place that, a place with roads that no roads connect to or something like that, right? It is isolated. It's by itself and you come across this and you, it, it, there was a huge rain the night before, right? And the rain they had. Do you remember when it talked about the TV station, Ange? Mm, no. Oh, so there's a couple mentions of like TV station, right? And and this is where the TV station was. And do you remember when we found the guys with the airplane? Yes. Yes, this is where, where they you just you needed to watch them walk off. <laughs> well, it's right. That's like that, but that's what I'm talking about, right? So you come across at some point some guys pushing an airplane down a runway. It doesn't say what. Doesn't say that they're trying to fly. Doesn't say what they're trying to. Do it, they're just pushing it down this runway because that's the thing they need to do, right? And you know, I think that goes it's a little unsettling, but it's just a lot of the description is about how hard they're working and how physical and how difficult it is, right? But it's just they're doing this at night, right? And it's like, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if they're trying to get it to fly, right? But they're doing this extremely physical thing. And I like, I guess maybe I'm just like wanting to believe this at this point, but right, but I think that gets back to maybe how you assume that they have a reason for doing this, right? And now they are set about this difficult task, right? And there's something like very coming back to this word of like practical again about them having to do it. But there's no explanation. There's no reason why. But at the end of the game, you come across these people with the airplane um, in this place, right? And so there's, you know, there's uh, so there's uh and there's a restaurant here and there's the TV station right but there was this huge flood the day before right and it damaged a bunch damaged the TV station right it destroyed a bunch of the videotapes it washed out uh, uh, some houses and it killed these two horses which were this sort of long right these horses had been around forever they were they were a part of this community right you talk to everyone they had these experience and these memories with these horses that are now dead and you play as as a cat, right? You're controlling a cat and this cat is running around interacting, not interacting, right? This cat is running around and you run up to someone and you like hit the button and the cat sort of, it'll either like stand or sit in place 
and you just hear this conversation that happens between these people, right? So there's this one guy and he's digging the ditch for the horses and he, he doesn't know how deep to, to dig it, right? And this other guy is wondering about if the if the restaurant can open up because the power got cut off. And um you're running over you run over to this other person who's like wondering if they can salvage the tapes, right? And as you're talking to each of them, they're all wondering if what they have there can be rebuilt, right? They're talking about how they built what was there initially, right? This small community that was cut off from everything that created their community in opposition to the power company, right? The power company wouldn't really work with them to support them. And then when they did, they had already come to this point where like, they didn't need them so much, right? There's this funny story about they wouldn't make deliveries to them. So what they they started growing their own food, right? And then at the point when the power company still did try to make deliveries, they sent them all of these carrots, right? But they were like bland and horrible, right? They were in cans. And so they thought, well, maybe the horses won't mind that we'll give the horses these canned carrots, but then even the horses won't eat them. But then they also, you know, somehow the power company knew they opened these, these canned carrots, so they still got a bill for it right so you know this company even as they won't they've they've tried to deter the building of this community right they're they're still trying to extract as much as they can right as much capital as they can from it even though the people don't really need them anymore and you're running around as this cat and i think this is the game is always forcing you to play it on its own terms right there's no side quests there's no real way to make the game go faster the game takes as long as it takes if you if you have it on a switch it's nice you can like play it anywhere but the game takes as long as it takes right it it, you are playing it on its terms and I think you're sort of there's a certain momentum right because you're with the other acts because you're in a car or you're in a boat so you're constantly moving but with these ones you're this cat and there's just the one area you never move to a different diorama there's just the one diorama that you're running around and you just you it, it, it never tells you what to do you run around to these different people having the conversations right and you'll come back to different people and they'll have new dialogue options and so they progress at some point and you run up to another woman who's making uh she's making a mural of the horses and, and talking about when she first met them and the memories she had with them and you so you'll, you're running around interacting and hearing these conversations and one other thing i should mention there's also these like black formless shapes walking around there's these black formless shapes and you interact with them a couple times and you get these stories about things that happened in this space in the past it, I, the other people don't seem to see them or it's not indicated that they do right but in a couple different moments and this is also the site of um an ancient or not an ancient but an indigenous burial ground right and, and at one point the person talks about how this burial ground right it's not uh history or memory right but it's a reflection right because the people who made it are gone right they're like they they are gone right and now um we the only thing you that we have isn't their stuff or their bones or, or pieces of them but we just have this piece they made this thing that was symptomatic of them and that's all we have left is them is the thing that they thought symbolized them right we only have this reflection of them remaining right and so and there's a couple different moments where people characters talking about reflections and you know and you're seeing these like for, formless back shapes walking around right? and this is a place you kind of understand through the conversations and what you're seeing right this is a place where people hold 
on to memories where the, the history of the community that was here now, the history of the community that was there before matters very much so. And, you know, those echoes of the, those reflections are felt by those who are here now trying to deal with the like horrible effects of this rain, right? And the thing that you're understanding as you're talking to those people, right, is like there are some people who this rain was their breaking point. They have to leave this place, right? And, and they're dealing with like, do we stay here and try to rebuild again? right they've they've been pushed so much and that now they've lost again and and can they stay and i you know i guess i don't right it doesn't indicate to you what your choices do right but i always like when the character was like oh i'll stay or i'll go i always chose stay because it was like this place matters right people have been here for so long trying to build something and it matters that more people stay here and continue to build because they are building against what the power company was trying to right the power company wants them to like fit into their grid and be on their grid and, and pay them and whatever and they were trying to do something else and so i think right this is a part of the game that is it's the most hopeful part of the game right about people making something and existing against what this company was trying to do with them right and you see not i don't want to jump back but too much but you see at one point that the power company and they own a distillery right the distillery also the power company also dispenses drugs and one character at one point talks about how they get people into debt and they start to own them and one of the characters the character that you start out playing as conway he sort of makes you know, through he injures himself and then, you know, through he makes a wrong decision and sort of gets into debt with the power company or gets into the debt with the distillery owned by the power company. And you see him, his character model starts to change right from a per from, you know, a man and he starts to become you just his first his legs becomes a skeleton, then his arms becomes a skeleton. Right. And, you know, from playing the game, the skeleton, there are people. It's not who are, a good thing to be a skeleton. It's not a good thing to be a skeleton. Right. The skeletons are sort of people who they would have died but they were in debt to the distillery so they can't die right even after death this they are it is holding on to them right it will wring everything it can out of a person it will not let them right you're there is no freedom for them even in death and so you at the end of act four conway sort of goes with them and that's the last you see of him so he's not around for act five right it, which is really sad because you find dogwood drive and you make this uh you, you know you can finally make your delivery and he's not there um but so it's extremely hopeful it's all colorful and at the end someone sings this really beautiful song right and what happens at the end is a, some characters leave and walk off the character some and but i think most of the characters i, I tried to make them stay the most of the characters that you've been traveling with the whole time they make they decide that they're going to make a new home there right they're going to make their own community there the little like orphan boy i don't remember if his bird shows up but the the like two people that's uh saying the song that angela talked about i forgot for a second they're androids did you remember i didn't remember that or like not i did not know that <laughs> I, in the first place <laughs> oh i was reading it and then i like remembered they talked about it on that like when you're initially introduced to them they talked about it but i forgot by the end but they're <laughs> they're actually androids and then a couple of the people that you pick up on the boat they yeah they decide they're gonna make a community there so it's like really hopeful about you know, if the rest of the game is about how capital extracts and pushes people to the margin and, and, and 
breaks them down if it can this game is about well what happens what can people do if they do something in opposition to that and focus on taking care of each other and it's really i don't know it's really beautiful and it's like it needed to end that way because i think if you if it didn't it would still be a beautiful game saying something really important right and but like i guess i'm i'm i guess i just i guess i'm just glad they found a way to say something hopeful about it in in a game that's pretty dark yeah i i was half expecting expected it to end just super dark you know, like everyone like dies or is miserable at the end but yeah because no, i think I, that would be like the easier thing to do you know to just be like and then everyone was sad yeah no i think you're absolutely right and can you imagine like so this game came out in parts right <laughs> so if you played part four and you just see conway being taken away by those people and then you're like what happens right like i think you're absolutely right like you would just be saying like it can only get worse for everyone else right and, <laughs> and yeah no yeah yeah I, that's a great point right that would have been tough to deal with but they, they found a way to say something really hopeful in that which was, which was nice all right anything else Ange? uh no do you think people <laughs> should play this game i think I mean, yeah, I think maybe a certain type of people. I wouldn't, like, recommend it to everybody. Yeah. You know? But, I mean, if, if like, you heard all of this and are, like, interested, yeah. Yeah. I guess, like, keeping people's expectations about what maybe what they think the game is going to be, you know? Yes. I think, I, and I think that's something that, like, listening to the podcast and reading the reviews I did is, like, I never had a really proper sense, right? So, if you're going to play it, like, you're going to read a lot, right? And it's going to be kind it's it's going to be about 10 to 12 hours and that is just how long it's going to take, yeah, right? Joey said it was we were going to play it one day. He said it would be 4 hours long it and would, then it was like 5 hours and we weren't even past the yes, third act. I, and I would say don't play it all in one day. I think no. if you're going to do it like I think like you said, right? Maybe play an act a day for mm-hmm. five or six days right try to do an act a day yeah yeah know that you're in for a lot of reading it's gonna take as long as it takes and it's not gonna move super fast and like you need to probably section out how you're gonna play this um because i think it right it's simple in that you're just reading and moving a character on a diorama but it's still asking a lot of you right and how it's asking you to engage with what it's talking about cool do we want to move on to our next part let's do it okay we'll be back in a second folks And we're back with the things that are making us happy and not about how capitalism is going to put us all into debt and keep us there and then we're going to die. <sighs> that was really dark. I'm I think sorry. you should go first. Yeah, you go first now. All right, I'll go first. Um, so I talked about... I think a couple, I think, did I talk about on here once before, like a Studio Ghibli, like lo-fi beats that I yes, found? Yes, you did. I did. Okay. So I found another one that <laughs> I'm really into and it's a Star Wars lo-fi hip hop, uh. which is a, I didn't think I would like it. And I don't know if it's as good as the like normal, right? The chilled cow one with the anime girl writing, but it's Ahsoka Tano. And it's the same thing. It's a girl, right? Ahsoka Tano, a, a woman, is sitting at her desk. It's sort, you know, it's a, it's a computer desk. It's a touch screen, right? She doesn't have a notebook or anything, right? Everything's now I all look digital. At this link you put in it's here. all in. The, <laughs> I mean, I guess Star Wars was a long time ago, right? But she's 
she's all digital it's all high tech she's sitting there you know doing stuff on the computer and she's there's a big window right there and you can I, it, it's probably set on Coruscant which is the city planet so there's these flying cars going past and there's these huge skyscrapers in the background and it's a little bit smoky and I think it's still raining um and there's a cat sitting in the window that like flicks its tail and its ears every so often. But the song, right? So I, I guess personally, I love looking at that. Um, I, 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 I was watching it the other day and I was honestly just like looking at it, just like, oh, you know, <laughs> this looks so cool. <laughs> um, so if you like that, it might just be a cool thing to look at. But the music is, it's all, it's, it's, it's only about 15 songs on a loop, which is not great. I think you go through them all in about 45 minutes, but it's famous Star Wars songs, sort of low hop, hip, like low hop, low hop. yeah, I don't know how to say <laughs> <Nice>. that. <laughs> um, so the, the, like the Star Wars Cantina song, Duel of the Fates, Ray's theme, a couple, a, a bunch of famous, that like some of the more famous Star Wars songs. And then they're sort of a, like a little bit elect, you know, kind of with a little bit more of a like electronic, a little bit more synths, and then sort of slowed down a little bit, right? Cause it's definitely not like up tempo. It's not up tempo. Like some of those songs are normally up tempo. Like, the tempo of the song is slowed down and they're like they introduce a few more electronic elements so it's definitely still stuff you can stu- study and it's still very much background music right they turn that that those famous star wars songs into background music in a really cool way <laughs> with a really cool image to look at so i've been that's my new that's my new low high lo-fi hip-hop beats to to study and relax to for right now it sounds cool i don't even like star wars but i <laughs> listen to it all right yeah you, i'll send you the link you should check it out but okay. what about you and so i'm home for winter break and i have started to play piano again oh nice yeah uh i took lessons for a long time but then because i'm at college i don't i don't play that often because i don't have like a piano um and so, Joey, you know how I sometimes make YouTube videos? Mm-hmm. I was in the process of making a YouTube video, and I was filming myself practicing, and then I was like, maybe I should, like, learn a song before I leave. Like, that'll be, like, a challenge, Ooh. and the content. So now I feel like I have to for the content. <laughs> um, but I've been using MuseScore, and so I guess that's what I'm going to plug, because it's, like, it's this app that it has... I think it's also for, like, guitar, violin, like, other instruments, but I use it for piano. Um, you kind of just, like, look up, like, a song, and then there's, like, just a bunch of people who just, like, transcribed music and put it out there. And it's great, because I don't like buying music. <laughs> it's too much of a commitment. So, it's like those music books you would buy. Right. But free, or not yeah. free. It's so if you want to like download and print it, you have, you have to buy it by like a membership. But I just like I have it on my iPad, and that's how I do it. And it's like it's nice. really cool because like you can play that like the sheet music, so you can hear how it's supposed to sound. Super cool. And if mm. you're musically inclined, you can even like write your own music and put it up there, and people can play it. And contemporary music, class like what it, what All sort of stuff kinds. are people doing? All kinds. I okay. mainly use it for pop music, but like, I have used it for. There's this like Italian guy who like writes really good piano music. <laughs> I don't. I'm not even bother trying to say his name. Uh, he like there's like you can find like like the Mozart. You can find the Beethoven, Bach. You can find all of that stuff. But I I liked. I'm learning. Uh, I'm learning Blue and Gray, the song you liked from the oh, BTS nice, album. Oh, nice. BTS, nice. It's going pretty well. Yeah. Okay. How does it? Is that a di- like? Is that difficult on the piano? It, I think that I chose a one. 
uh, like a arrangement that is just challenging enough. Okay. Or like it's hard and it's gonna take me a couple days to learn, but I probably there's only like like a like a forty percent chance I'll give up, whereas usually it's much higher. Okay. <laughs> and if you search for a song. Are there multiple transcriptions or is there yeah. one transcription? Okay. There's and then because like anybody can do it. Okay. And how do you pick the best one, I guess? Or like I, I don't know enough about music like to understand yeah. the difference in like transcription qualities, I guess. Um, well for me, because it's like I can I can read notes. Uh-huh. Um and so like I can see like if this one has like a lot, a lot of notes, I'll be like, eh, probably not for me. But then like because I, I consider myself intermediate. Whereas like if it's okay if it's kind of complicated, but then because you can also play like the sheet music, you can see how it sounds. And usually I can just tell by hearing it or looking at it that like I know what I can do and what I can't do. Okay. Okay. So then you so you can like pick if you want a more compli- one that's more complicated, more notes, or one that's less. Yeah, yeah, complicated. yeah. Is there like a rating system, or do you just have? To, is it? You I just think have there to is a rating system. Okay. Nice. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And if it's on your iPad, do you like swipe to the next one, or does it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, well, you can do it where like you play it and just like put. And like put it um there is like a play mode and it, it's it like does it for you it turns the page for you but okay. um i i usually don't play like at the right tempo so i don't do that okay okay yeah. that's awesome all right so you're gonna try to finish try to learn it yeah that. okay by monday before i come back have you thought about taking the keyboard with you or i would like to but i don't know how much i'd use it okay plus okay. i think i don't know dad said he was gonna learn it but that was a long time ago i think ago. that period of time is over. <laughs> he was he was on it for like a couple months like he really did it for a couple months yeah but, um, yeah 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 but yeah know, maybe i don't know all right well i think that's us for another week Ange. um let me Dope. pull up the notes what do we say at the end of the show you can follow me right we do our little follows where we have you can follow angela on twitter on sorry not on twitter you can follow angela on instagram at glow.angela you can follow me on twitter at joey glowacky j-o-e-y g-l-o-w-a-c-k-y please if you want, rate and review the show on <laughs> Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast app. We're still waiting for our first couple of reviews. Um, or you can also email the show by sending your messages to podcast at comicsly.com. We're still waiting for our first email. And that's going to be a great day. We're going to be very excited. We are So you can be the first. To... Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. Um, all the music you heard on this episode is the song Something Elated by the band Broke for Free. You can find their music on the Free Music Archive. And we hope you enjoy this episode. Hope you uh, come back next week. We will not be talking about a video game. I don't know what next week is because we recorded and the episode, the order that we've recorded them in is not the order we're releasing. (laughs) But we'll be back next week and we hope you join us. See you then. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Imagine